providing timely, relevant content to providers who care for children. Welcome to Pediatrics in Practice, presented by Children's Mercy Kansas City. Here's Dr. Michael Smith. Our topic today is primary care for pediatric cancer survivors. My guest is Dr. Joy Fulbright. Dr. Fulbright is the director of the Adolescent and Young Adult Program and the Survive and Thrive Program at Children's Mercy. Dr. Fulbright, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So this is always a challenge, right, for primary care physicians, for general pediatricians. You know, they have a patient diagnosed with cancer, maybe he has gone through some treatment, maybe in remission, recovery. This is this is challenging, I know, for, for us. Tell us a little bit about how you approach a patient long-term now who has had cancer. So here at Children's Mercy, we have a specialized clinic that we call Survive and Thrive, where we see patients after they're done completing therapy. Usually two to five years after they're done with therapy, they start following us in our clinic. And what we do is we provide a summary to the patient and for the primary care physician about the treatment they have received and also things that need to be followed. Um, Some examples of that is if a patient's received certain medications that can affect their heart called anthracyclines or radiation therapy that could affect their heart. We recommend getting echocardiograms or pictures of their heart at certain time intervals and also to be more aware that they could have heart issues Um, at a much younger age than you would generally expect a patient to have. So that's just one example. And we'd really try to educate the patient and the family, but also provide education for the primary care providers and what to follow and what to watch for. Yeah. And and so you, in a sense, what you're doing is you're providing a a guidebook, if you will, um, a guideline for the primary care physician to follow, knowing that there could be some issues based on the chemotherapy radiation therapy. But beyond that, what other challenges can a primary care physician anticipate if he or she is taking care of a, of a young child now who, thank God, is in remission, but now has many years to grow and develop? What are some other challenges just in general do you, do you foresee sometimes? Um, I think some of the challenges is just we don't, primary care physicians do not get a lot of training on how to care for these patients and what to watch for. Um, I know when I went to medical school, we did not get any training on that. And and so I think that's just difficult. And then families um, sometimes are really scared when patients have new symptoms that may remind them of the symptoms that they had when their child was first diagnosed. Um, so that can be challenging. So we've worked with KU uh, Medical Center and the Midwest Cancer Alliance and have developed webinars, too, for um, primary care doctors to receive education on this. Um, And those are up and running at cancersurvivorshiptraining.com. So for providers can get CMEs and look at that to help educate them. Um, But it is difficult, like new challenges, um, just the anxiety with transitioning and knowing what can be done and can't be done for the survivors. Let's talk a little bit more about the Survive and Thrive program at Children's Mercy. I love that name. It's fantastic. (laughs) Tell Tell us a little bit more about how that program got started you know, what exactly you're doing today, and where do you think this program is going in the future? So it was started um, probably now about eight, nine years ago, Um, and then um, with a nurse practitioner and one of our oncologists who's not here anymore, and I thankfully have been able to step in their shoes, 
um, is a comprehensive clinic to provide the education for patients and families. Um, patients see nutritionists, um, social worker, uh, primary, uh, primary physician, myself or the nurse practitioner I work with, and a nurse navigator to receive education. And a lot of our focus is on providing patients and families with resources for the survivors to live a healthy lifestyle. We really focus on that in prevention. And then we also focus on transition. So it's really hard for families after they've been here at Children's Mercy for years to transition to that next step in care, um, to transition to the adult world. And so we really try to help provide them with resources to do that. One of the things we've done is we've worked with um, KU and we have a survivorship clinic for adults that are survivors of childhood cancer that our patients can be seen at. And we have a nurse navigator, Kyla, that they see here in our clinic at Children's Mercy, and then they see that familiar face over at KU when they transition to that clinic. Um, a lot of our survivors are young adults, don't necessarily stay in the Kansas City area. Many get jobs or go to school and travel elsewhere. So we also help them get connected with providers in their area and provide them with that education and that treatment summary. Let's talk so, a little bit more about that transition period, right? Because this this is obviously very important. Um, I'm sure in, 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 the, the better the transition, the better the outcomes probably long term. I'm sure there's even some data Correct. to support that. Yeah. yeah. So let so so we know that it's tough on the physician side of it, right? You're a primary care physician. Now you got this patient who's a cancer survivor and there's a lot of challenges there and you guys are educating uh, the, the physicians there. But what about the patients and their families? What what are some of the emotions? What are some of the uh, challenges that they face when they're now going on to a different level of care? Yeah, so I think emotionally there's a lot of anxiety with that transition. So we help them by providing um, support during that time, um, helping them navigate a new medical system. And then um, for parents, it's hard, too, when they've been such an integral part of their child's care, and now their child is transitioning to a different provider and maybe moving far away from home. Um, so we are that connection for them. Um, and we try to start talking about this early, um, by at least age 15, um, so that over time they can prepare themselves for that and help prepare the patient to be able to do that by making sure they know their medications, they know their history, um, they have tools that they can use uh, when they go out um, to a new provider. And I think that helps relieve that anxiety. Um, for some of our patients that need continued to support of their family to make decision-making, we help provide them with directions on how to obtain guardianship and other information and tools that they will need. So I think by able by being able to provide the psychosocial support along with the medical support, that we can really help make that transition easier for everyone. Are, are there guidelines that you follow um, to help you to um, maybe understand when somebody, when a patient in the family is ready for that transition? Because um, I'm sure it's not the same for all patients and all families. How do you make that decision? So, so what we do is we use um, a transition readiness tool um, that was developed here at CMH with Dr. Marderson. Um, that we have the family fill out and we see what areas they need to work on and then we help them work on those different areas. And then it depends on the patient's diagnosis and how much treatment they received um, because some patients receive um, more intensive therapy that may require more um, close monitoring. And those patients, we 
want to see um, somebody that really specializes in long-term care and then also maybe need an oncologist. So we work with them to gauge what their needs are and then where they're at and be able to um, obtain the information they need by assessing their transition readiness at every visit. So at least once a year, we try to assess their transition readiness and what their needs are. And then right. develop a plan for them that is specific for that patient. So yes. if somebody's off of therapy for 10, 12 years, they may not need as much intensive follow-up with an oncologist and other subspecialists as somebody who's only been off of therapy for a couple of years. So we really yeah. try to um, come up with a plan that's unique for each patient. So it's personalized, which is obviously the best way to go. Has it always been like this, though? Um, w- was there a time when it was just time for you to go on to your primary care and that was it? I mean, so so I, I guess what yeah. I'm asking is, is, is a program like Survive and Thrive, is this something that is being more adopted by medical centers throughout the country, or is this pretty unique? Um, our program is unique in the sense that we have a partnership with an adult um, provider that we can transition our patients to, which is fairly unique. Um, but more and more centers are adopting having a survivorship clinic um, for their patients. And so uh, this is probably in the last five years, we've seen more and more of these clinics develop. Um, but Children's Mercy has definitely been on the leading edge of developing that and then partnering with an adult center um, to develop a clinic for the adult patients to transition to. Yeah. So we've been really fortunate to have that partnership. Um, we follow guidelines based on the Children's Oncology Group um, as far as guidelines to follow um, what screening tests that we need to do for each patient. And then the American Society of Clinical Oncologists, or ASCO, has really been pushing for patients to have treatment summaries and to make sure that long-term follow-up is in place for them. So, Dr. Fulbright, in summary, what would you like primary care physicians to know about taking care of pediatric cancer survivors? So, I think what's important is that if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us here at Children's Mercy at our survivorship clinic, um, and that it's just really important to listen to families. And then if you do not have a treatment summary or guidelines on how to follow these patients, please reach out to us because if they've been seen here, um, we can help provide that for them. If they've been seen Elsewhere at another facility, we can really help you um, try to gather that information, or if we don't have it based on their diagnosis, can help give you information what to follow. Um, and just that they have unique needs that some of your other patients may not have as far as risk of developing um, secondary cancers or heart failure or other issues at an earlier age that some of your other patients want to know. But prevention is probably the most important thing for our patients, making sure they get their vaccines and have their blood pressure checked and lead a healthy lifestyle. Right. Dr. Fulbright, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. It's essential, and I wish you much success. And I also want to thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Pediatrics in Practice with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.